The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, we're going to talk about hygiene, smell, and pheromones when it has to do with attraction. Want to hear some of your thoughts on that. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. Remember, you can always email me your questions to laurie at drlaurie.com. So here's a couple of fun ones. Uh, I still laugh at your sex story about the turkey baster. I'm French, and I didn't know what a turkey baster was, so I looked on Google Translate. Wasn't that... Uh, at work, I asked an English lady what a turkey baster is, and I laughed. Poire à arroser, en français. I told her what you read, and we both laughed. Now she wants to listen to you also. I told her Tuesdays are very good. I like the show, and it helps me with my English. Well, I'm glad we can help you language-wise, too. I want to share with you something very touching, this person writes. I own a small trucking company. Now, this has nothing to do with... Um, sexuality or relationships but has to do with the goodness of people okay so it's something I want to share Uh, I own a small trucking company and the pandemic has caused our profit level to drop dramatically with the closing of restaurants and bars our deliveries have dropped but we managed not to lay off any drivers they don't work as many hours but we did not change their paycheck all our drivers have families and bills like everyone else last week I sent out an email asking for suggestions for our annual holiday party I say holiday because I have drivers of many religions We have always given bonuses, and we all know how welcome extra money is at that time of year. We have always given cash. Last year was $1,200 each, and they have always given my wife and I a nice gift. We received an email this afternoon on behalf of all the drivers for a virtual Skype dinner on a specific Saturday evening. This way, all their families can have dinner with everyone else's families, and they told me because of the difficulty that the pandemic has caused not to give bonuses this year. We accepted the Skype virtual dinner and said nothing about their request not to give out bonuses. The company is making money and is profitable, but nowhere near it was last year at this time. I have six very dedicated drivers and two have had new additions to their families. Raises this year were not as generous as past years, but we managed something for them and they were grateful. No, bonuses this year will not be 1200 each. They will be 1500 each cash. Most have been with me from the start. I reach out to other small private companies with employees to remember that if you are turning a profit, a good part of the reason is because of the people who work for you. They are real people with real families with real worries. Please take this into account at this difficult time. By no means am I rich, but very well off, and I got here because of hard work and dedicated, hardworking employees. My wife is making me add this, and if I don't know Lala, she loves the Passion Poet and wants to send a request for a very special holiday poem uh, in December. Thank you for that. That's heartwarming, and you're right, a very good reminder to uh, to uh, small business owners for sure. Good morning. Our group has its first male who joined yesterday. This is from uh, Mindy from Australia. They have this... Uh, lunch with Lori thing going this little group and they listen to the show the next well it's the next day for us but it's happening at the same time Uh, one married man married 25 years the other single but seeing someone for encounters it turned into a discussion session because he said he has fallen in love with her and told her how he feels and she was not very receptive 
Now he regrets saying anything. We told him if that was the arrangement and that is all she wanted, then maybe it is time to move on before you get hurt more. He is going to see her tonight and is afraid she may tell him it's over. What can he say or do? If she does not want more, should he end the just friends or just encounter relationship himself and see how she responds the lunch with Lori gang so in a situation like that when there's the risk when you get involved in a casual kind of way like a friends with benefits kind of way and you start out that way there is always a risk that somebody gets attached one or the other and that's the risk uh, that kind of played out here so uh, I think that he can say how he feels that he's starting to have feelings. Maybe she will too, maybe not, but it, the relationship may end because it doesn't fit and she may not want anybody who is wants to get attached or who will attach to her. So it's very hard to predict attachment, right? And, and how people's feelings um, will develop so uh so there you have it so i i'm not quite sure what else to tell you on this but yeah you got to think about that you have to think about that that uh, it can actually uh that's a very big potential for happening Okay, here's another email. First, hi, kudos for your show. I've started uh, this with my sex progressive friends, and they think this is a very great step to help many people get a handle regarding sexuality and relationships. To my point, I think you should do some topics regarding communication, how to ask for what we want, what to do when we are not being listened to, and how to teach communication in our relationships from our preteens to adulthood. It's a very good topic. You're right. I can speak for myself. That is a talk I didn't get from my mother or my, or any adult in any way. Many times I've stumbled and fell because I wanted one thing, but my partner didn't want that. And we never really put it out there to see if we were both on the same page. If learning how to communicate better can help people like me express their sexual needs better and maybe get on the same page to the people we love or involved with, then I think it would be something well invested for our culture. Thanks for what you are doing. I'm going to recommend your show to as many people that I can and look forward to hearing uh, from you. That's really, uh, really lovely. Thank you for your great feedback. You're right. Many of us were never taught how to discuss sexuality in an open manner. We certainly weren't really talked to about healthy relationships versus unhealthy relationships. We weren't talked to about uh, pleasure or issues that could uh, that could potentially uh, come up. So definitely sexual communication is something we can do with our kids at a very early age uh, so that it remains open. It's like a, an open dialogue. It's not a one-time thing, but it's a climate of openness or a climate of we can talk about this issue. So it's not a taboo thing, but it's something that in this family, we can talk about it. But of course you have to be, you have to get comfortable with it. You have to, um, you know, uh, you have to be able to be non-judgmental about it, even though you're, it's okay for you to share your values because the value, the education they can get at school where, where it's available, like the, 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 you know, the, the basics or the, the, the physiology or the biology or what have you, but the values they get from home. And that's where, uh, it, 
parents are responsible for, but they have to be able to have these open discussions. Not enough to just say, don't do this. You know what happens when you tell kids, just don't do it. The answer is no, no explanation, blah, blah, right? No, they don't they don't go for that. So you have to be able to have a dialogue uh, with them. And look, the studies are very clear. Studies show that kids whose parents talk to them about sexuality are more likely to actually delay sexual activity. And they are also more likely to protect themselves when they do have sex. And this, and there have been multiple studies done on this, which shows the same thing over and over again. And all the studies come back from abstinence only education that it doesn't work, that in In states, for example, we don't have that in Canada, but in in states where there's abstinence-only education, meaning the just don't do it, uh, no other information except why you shouldn't do it, um, it doesn't work. There are higher numbers of pregnancies, higher numbers of STDs. So time and time and time again, the studies bear this out. So I think it's important to recognize this and why it's, it's something that's so important to discuss at a young age. And it's okay not to have answers. It's okay to tell your older children, look, I don't know how to respond to this, but I will find out for you. Or I don't really have the answer to this, but I will make sure I get the answer for you. Uh, but it starts young. Young meaning, I'm not saying talk to little, little kids what sex is about, but it's about having and starting from, um, you know, starting to talk about body parts, like not ignoring genitals, for example, when talking about all the different body parts, like just being able slowly to integrate human sexuality, which is part of every human being into um, day-to-day conversations if possible. Coming up, we're going to talk about uh, hygiene, why good hygiene and odors and such uh, is important for attraction and sexuality. That's coming up. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Before I get into our topic, a couple of texts here for that trucker, uh, that truck company. Good for that truck company owner. Truly a good man. I thought so too. Uh, and on uh, friends with benefits and getting attached, it always one. I, it's always one who gets more attached. I'm living it. I have no answer. I think there is no right answer. Hi, Dr. Lee. I love that listener's post about discussing sexual communication. I read that families who engage in the nudist lifestyle have far less sex issues with teens. Part of that is, uh, the, in as a family who practices nudism, let's say, or naturism, they call it, it's being nude or, or it's not a thing. It, it's just, it's not sexual. It's not seen as a sexual thing. So your body parts are there and people can have more open uh, communication. Of course, it, that's a value thing. A lot of people are, you know, would not go for that kind of lifestyle. But then again, there are people who do practice naturism or who feel, uh, who walk around naked in front of their kids, no matter their age. And, and in that family, it is not a problem. It's a judgment thing that we say, oh, that's not appropriate. But who are we to say it's not appropriate if it's not sexual? We have to remember nudism is not about sexuality. 
but in many people's minds, they go together, right? Adults around in my growing up years generally didn't cause sexuality issues much. Definitely would have been better to have been exposed to more of that at the time. You're right, because I want to bring up is that of good hygiene. It comes up time and again um, through through letters and through emails, but I read this one funny, well, it wasn't, it's not really funny. It, 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 it was one letter. It didn't come to me. I just found it on the, on the internet, but I, I actually want to talk to you about this. I want to share it with you and see if this is something that has ever uh, come up for you and tell me how important smell is for you in terms of attraction and sexuality and later on I want to talk about pheromones because this that has come up in questions uh, and there's really not a great answer for the existence of pheromones but nonetheless those are things you can't really smell I'm talking about truly like hygiene and how important that is I in my practice have many times seen couples where one person says I don't want to have sex with him or her because they don't practice good hygiene they don't change their underwear they don't shower enough they don't brush their teeth whatever it is and people have to realize that this has a lot to do with attractability so I don't know how important it is to you I'm I always thought it's important for everybody but maybe not right so uh, I'd love to get your thoughts so this is the letter sometimes my boyfriend smells bad not all the time but enough days that I found myself here the funny thing is that he actually told me about this column so it's written into a column anyway I think it's a point of pride for him he was the stinky kid in middle school that didn't get the deodorant hint and was subject to years of teasing followed by years of insecurity driven meticulous grooming that was until he reached a point of nirvana where he had fully accepted his body and all the smells that come with it the present that sounds great unless you run 14k every day without deodorant he's nice smart funny sexy and has a great zest for life but he's okay with his undies smelling like pee when he doesn't shake his bitty out enough and he's okay with his armpits being riper than brown bananas this is all to say that I feel grossed out when I smell it in bed and it turns me off. But how do I say it without tearing down the prideful confidence walls he's built up for the love of his body? I've definitely hinted at it and it did not go over so well. For example, this morning things were starting to get frisky until I poked my head under the covers and breathed in through my nose. I tried to ignore it at first, but as we kept at it, all I could think about was the sweet, sweet smell of urea that was permeating my sheets. I lifted my head and said, baby, you gotta shake a little more. It was a non-starter. He felt I was being mean and that cuddle foreplay was not the time to make these pointers. When is the time? I don't think I could have kept going. I love him and I love his body, but I don't love the very, very preventable smells that have made their way into my life. So the answer that was given was this. Have the conversation when you aren't about to have sex and lead with compassion. I don't think that asking him to shake a little more is severe or insensitive, but he did. So if you want him to work with you, you're going to have to work with him. He clearly is aware of what it is to be judged for his odor. He knows what it is to stink, but I think he's got an extreme. You're either with me or against me attitude that's actually not particularly reasonable. 
Many people enjoy their partner's general smell without wanting to set up camp under their foreskin and make friends with smegma. Tell him that you love him and you love his body, but like all bodies, sometimes his gets a little too rank for your taste. Frame it as, it as just that, your taste. There are people out there who would gladly accept his unshook biddy, but you aren't one of them. And relationships are negotiations right down to the level of funk we wish to receive from our partners. Between his stink and your sensibilities is a zone where you can both feel comfortable. I thought that was brilliant how that was answered. A couple of texts here. B.O. is such a turnoff. A halitosis, which is bad breath, and onion-smelling privates is a relationship killer. Yeah, I wonder when, when it becomes a, a, a relation, a, like a deal breaker, someone's hygiene, if they don't do anything um, about it. I'm curious. And then there was another email. This was on, um, on Reddit, and the headline was, Woman sparks drama after refusing to be intimate with her husband due to his poor hygiene. Now, I read that the uh, the headline. I said, okay, well, I have seen, I have in my practice seen these, this very uh, situation, actually. So 35-year-old Redditor um, and her 37-year-old husband are, are trying to conceive, but his personal grooming habits turn her off. She says, my husband has poor hygiene and doesn't understand why I don't want to have sex with him. She explained, we have been married for about two years and lived together for about a year before we got married. While we were dating and early in our marriage, everything was pretty normal. We didn't have a lot of sex, but neither of us seemed super into it at the time, so it worked out. About a year into our marriage, we started trying for a baby. As we had more sex, we both started enjoying it more and, of course, wanting it more. But this is when I noticed that my husband's hygiene started slipping. He works from home permanently, not just during the pandemic, so he really doesn't leave the house much. But I noticed he only showers one to twice a week. He will wear the same clothes for days in a row. He won't brush his teeth unless I mention something about his breath or refuse to kiss him. I'm not a facial hair person, and he knows that, but he won't shave. Then he will try to initiate sex, but it will gross me out so much that I turn him down. He won't get a haircut unless I tell him to. I've talked to him about it a few times. Every time he is good for about a week and then he slips back into his old habits. Oh boy. Um, anyway, it goes on uh, a little bit. So, uh, and I'm sure, I don't know if other people are experiencing this with the pandemic and people working from home. I was talking to a girlfriend about it who was saying something a little similar, like she was saying she's grossed out by, by seeing you know her partner wear the same clothes uh, every day. So I'm wondering if other people are maybe experiencing the same thing. She might not want him to shake it more because she won't know where it lands. Well, there's that. I think she might prefer to clean the toilet than to have to um, smell it, frankly. Sometimes, and I think most of us experience that at least once, after a hot, sweaty sex session and you both pass out in bed, next morning under the cover smell may not be all that appealing, but should not be a deal breaker for morning sex. I think we're talking about more than that. We're, we're not talking about, okay, when this happens or we've had sweaty sex and the, the sheet smell or, or, or this, there's a sex smell or whatever it is. I think it's more about daily, um, just your daily hygiene, really. Um, this person says, as for pea stained underwear, he could use panty liners. 
Well, you know, again, I, I think that's uh, from maybe not shaking his biddy enough, as as the the person said. Smell is important to me. Texter writes, never had a situation where it's a deal breaker. Luckily, but things like avoidable body odor, I would not be cool with, particularly if I were a woman who had to regularly put up with that stuff from my guy. Some guys are really dopey in this department, you know. I, and I don't think it's just a guy thing. I think uh, I've had the same situation. Situation, the same complaint from a male who was completely turned off by by his wife because she didn't uh, he felt she didn't bathe enough and didn't wash her you know had greasy hair a lot and it was just not a um, a turn on so definitely this is something that is not gender specific I don't think I don't know if there are more guys with poor hygiene than women but I can, and I don't know how important good hygiene is to men. Is it as important as it is to women? I haven't seen any real research on that, but there is some other research that I do want to share with you. Uh, there's research on why a man's hygiene is so important to women. I just don't know if the reverse is true. Uh, to the wife whose husband do- doesn't bathe, etc. run, baby, run. <laughs> well, if you can fix it, why run? I had another client who managed to fix it and and would say, like, if you want me to want you, this, these are my conditions. This is what you have to do. Uh, And it seemed, uh, it seemed to work. As a gay man, I dated a guy who, like me, was a mechanic working in the same company. We dated for about six months before we split. Absolutely based on hygiene. I am one who cannot go to bed without having a shower. When we were apart, I could sleep peacefully. However, he also worked extra hours, sometimes coming home near midnight. I made every effort to have the bathroom all set up for him so he could come to bed refreshed. More af- more often than not, he refused, ending up grumpy. The next morning, his pillow was dirty. There were times he reeked so bad, I slept on the couch. Okay, that's like extreme, right? And and if it matters, you've, you we we need to talk about this. Like this is an important element for some people, an important factor. And if there's something turning off your partner, don't you want to do something with this, especially something that you have absolute control over? I would hope so. Coming up, we'll talk about why is a man's hygiene so important to women in particular. That's uh, coming up after we check in with our CJ 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Before we continue our discussion on the importance of good hygiene and how this can interfere with attraction, let me share with you our stupid sex story of the day. Usually the stupid sex stories are stupid things people do or just way out there sexual things that they're doing. A Florida man ended up on the wrong side of the law after he was caught performing a lewd act with a stuffed animal. A 19-year-old Sean Johnson allegedly took a stuffed toy horse from a shelf in a Brooksville Walmart department store and made his way to the bedding area where he used the animal to masturbate. The incident, which was watched by employees on CCTV, showed the young man complete the act before leaving the horse in a bag on a bed and quickly exiting the building. 
The police report file uh, said that he had selected a brown, tan, and red stuffed horse from the clearance shelf in the garden department. He then pulled out his genitals, which were in an aroused state, and proceeded to hump the stuffed animal until he achieved an orgasm. He was arrested shortly after the event and in a written statement admitted that he had committed a horrible act. I did unmentionables to a stuffed animal. I need to think before what I do. I'm extremely sorry. You think? You got to think a little bit more? Uh, absolutely. All right, let's talk a little bit about hygiene here. Here's a, a couple of texts. Dr. L, this is from a, a guy. Women are more concerned about a man's hygiene because we stink 10 times worse than any woman. Do you agree, disagree? Uh, some people do have uncontrollable odor problem, deodorant no effect, and showers are a temporary fix. Mm, okay. Uh, I prefer to go to sleep dirty, get up and take a shower versus before going to bed and then potentially sweat in bed and need another shower in the morning. In either case, the sheets are going to be dirty. I do know people that change their towel every day and their sheets every other day. Well, that's you you make a point there after the day, but it doesn't mean you stink, right? Like again, uh you can be not uh, completely freshly showered, but to me there's a difference between smell like stinking, which usually can, you know, maybe just habitual bad hygiene. If it happens once in a while, it's one thing, but a lot of people who make these complaints it's not a one-time thing. It's a pattern. Let's look at the pattern. And it's the pattern that, that causes the lack of whether lack of attraction to their partner or what have you. I think everybody's experienced missing a shower or they get went camping and got really, you know, feel they got dirty and it's okay. Like there are certain conditions where we make allowances for that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, but not if it's a pattern in your in your everyday. So this I was reading this article by a Maria Trimarch. I want to give her uh, credit for that. And she writes, it's not that most women will make a fuss if you skip the occasional shower or shave, like I said, but your overall personal cleanliness may be more important to the female persu- persuasion than you realize. According to some studies, They tell us that women evaluate men based on their qualities as a potential mate, but not with the cues that you might think. Smell is important to women and not only that a man smells clean. Olfactory cues clue her into whether or not you're healthy and strong. This is like from evolutionary an evolutionary basis, right? When push comes to shove, our genes are ultimately looking for the strongest mate and how you smell, how you naturally smell, not the cologne you wear, can make a difference in how attractive you are appear to the opposite sex. Frequent bathing and clothes laundering will make a big impact. In fact, one study found that when a man's clothing smelled of pine, he was considered more attractive, more intelligent, more successful, and more hygienic than if the clothing smelled of lemons, onions, or um, smoke. Uh, 
A study that was published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology found that men also wearing the color red were considered more sexually attractive um, by women. And then there was other studies about facial hair, right? Men with various stages of facial hair, clean shaven, light stubble, heavy stubble, light beard, full beard. The men sporting stubble were considered more attractive sexual partners, more mature and overall more masculine than the other men. Then we have to start talking about nails. Um, clean nails are also important because your nails, if you are going to play down there on a woman, uh, could uh, you might risk uh, spreading uh, infection. So that's really important. And clean hands also means you spread less colds uh, and flu and, and cause less skin irritations or skin uh, infections. And of course, it, it, there's nothing attractive either about uh, dirty uh, fingernails. So I think when it comes down to women preferring what they prefer, whether it's a red shirt or five o'clock shadow, yes, some things are preferences. That's okay. But if you look like you care enough this is the key, and this is where the value comes in. If you look like you care enough to take care of yourself, chances are good that you'll apply that same level of care to the people close to you, and that's important to women and to men, by the way. I think it goes uh, both ways. And so the, the people who have trouble with this, they're looking at good hygiene as somebody who takes care of themselves and it goes beyond the good hygiene. I've like, I've had, I've had numerous conversations with people whose partners didn't take care of themselves health wise either. And this was a really big turnoff as well. So there's that, uh, there's that element, but we're not talking about health now. We're just talking about the kind of the, uh, the outside. I didn't take a shower for nine days, Dr. Lori. Ew, best sex ever. My lover couldn't get enough of me. Many orgasms, I kid you not. <laughs> Nine days, that sounds a bit, I don't know. Uh, what bugs me is too much perfume or lotions. Eyes can water when stuck in an elevator with someone who smells like a pine tree or a can of lilac and you can see the fumes off the person. And in fact, Perfumes and colognes do not mask bad odor. It's just bad odor combined with perfume. So it's not like it's going to get rid of it. And it's even, it's, it smells even more rancid when those two things uh, are, uh, are combined. Uh, let's see. What bugs me? No, sorry, Laura, I didn't quite catch that. Man got arrested for merely humping a stuffed animal. Oh, no, he didn't just merely hump a stuffed animal. He took one in the Walmart store and proceeded to uh, masturbate with it full on in the bedding department and ejaculate and everything. <laughs> that was that was the story. Way worse uh, than that. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's, uh, I do want to bring up pheromones. So coming up, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about pheromones. This has been a, a question that, uh, that comes up because there are a lot of companies that will try to sell products claiming 
this is full of pheromones, sure to attract your mate or something to that effect. And of course, people are like, oh, what's pheromone? Oh, I guess if they say it's a certain smell, okay, it's, you know, because it works in the animal kingdom not so clear in the human species. And that's something that I want to uh, look at because there really is a lot of myths surrounding pheromones and very little research that shows any conclusive evidence to their existence in terms of that kind of power that they, uh, that they might have. That's coming up. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. We're talking about uh, hygiene and uh, how important it is to attraction and for some a real deal breaker, bad hygiene. And when it's a pattern, when it happens every once in a while, it's one thing. This week we're going to be talking about a few different uh, topics related to attraction. We're going to talk about aphrodisiacs later in the week and then someone had requested um, a, a show on water sports so that's coming up this week as well so uh, we're gonna have a little bit of fun but right now let's talk about pheromones what is a pheromone so uh, it comes from the greek ancient greek word pharaoh to bear and hormone it's a uh, it, it basically an, an excru- excreted chemical factor that triggers a social response in members of the same species. Pheromones are chemicals capable of acting like hormones outside the body of the secreting individual to impact the behavior of the receiving individuals. There are alarm pheromones, food trail pheromones, sex pheromones, and many others that affect behavior or physiology. Pheromones are used from basic unicellular prokaryotes to complex multicellular eukaryotes, whatever that means. I'm totally not sciencey. Uh, their use among insects has been particularly well documented. And in some vertebrates, plants, and ciliates, they communicate by using pheromones. Yes, so we know it exists in animals. That is has been Uh, discovered. But scientists have yet to conclusively identify a single such chemical in humans. Yet, you hear the term pretty regularly uh, when we talk about um, attractions, like the sales pitches, right? Pheromones will improve your sex life. This perfume has pheromones in it or whatever thing, okay? But that's not the case for humans. In animals, pheromones are there to communicate non-verbally. They transmit these chemical signals through uh, the air and the purpose is often related to mating or defense of a, a territory. And the hunt for human pheromones to do the same thing it does in the animal kingdom has come up short. And just a couple of scientists who have talked about this, we can demonstrate the effects of what are putatively pheromones, but we haven't been able to pin down the chemical identity and show this particular compound or small set of compounds that are responsible A, B, or C. And this is from a behavioral scientist. If you go onto the web and put pheromone into Google, you'll get something like half a million hits. 
most of them trying to sell you something that will make you irresistible. They're basically trying to sell you a releaser hormone, but none has ever been identified. Releaser pheromones trigger a behavioral response like wooing a mate, while so-called primer pheromones cause physiological changes in animals. Scientists have observed what they think are the effects of human primer pheromones, including studies showing that some compound in the extract from a woman's armpit can cause menstrual cycles of nearby women to sync up. So that's interesting. And a recent study found that women can smell a guy's sexual intentions. Uh, but without any actual chemicals identified as pheromones, scientists cannot test effects on humans. So the jury is out as to whether we communicate uh, via pheromones. As far as releasers, it may be that we simply don't have them. Certainly courtship and everything else is so complex in humans that it may be that the things that are really important are visual and social signals and olfactory, but not in the way, not those subtle, the pheromones, which are, are, don't have an odor supposedly, right? In, in animals anyway. Um, so they are, it's a myth, this whole thing. It's fine in the animal kingdom, but don't buy into that in uh, in any in any products. So there have been studies that looks at uh, scents, right? So in experiments where women have been presented with men's natural body odors, there are certain traits that tend to rate as smelling better. The potential scent attraction that's received the most attention is that women seem to favor the smells of men who have immune genes that differ from their own. So, which is so interesting because there are studies about what you're attracted to in terms of the natural skin smell of your partner. And somehow it is our a collection of genes that, uh, I guess, determine the, the, the smell of our skin and that can attract or repel. So they would attract if you have different genes and they would, uh, they, right. And they would repel if the genes are too similar. So the theory is that women might be sniffing out men's major histocompatibility complex, which is their genes, a group of genes that affect the immune system. Following evolutionary theory, this makes sense. Women would want to mate with men who have different genes because that's more likely to result in offspring who can weather more diverse threats. So it's, it's fascinating when, when you look at that research, but it isn't about pheromones, it's related to genes. Uh, many studies have been done on these, the histocompatibility complex and scent preference, but they say evidence about whether it impacts partner choice is still um, mixed. Other traits that may be communicated through smell include body and facial symmetry, testosterone levels, and behavioral uh, dominance. Uh, associations with testosterone are still shaky, but some research has indicated a relationship. So as you can see, when you look at the, the, uh, the research, nothing is really um, conclusive 
about that. We don't know why some traits might smell differently, but it's related to some, some hormone possibly. Because, for example, our armpits have scent-producing organs that are dense with hormone receptors, and they secrete all kinds of chemicals, including alcohols, esters, and fats. So it could be that that, I don't know, that different mixes of hormones cause these organs to secrete different mixes of chemicals, Um, and that affects our odors and whatever odors um, we might give off. But again, (laughs) it's not about, um, you know, it's about good hygiene, not just about smelling sexier. In other words, do not buy into the claims of perfumes that they say contains human pheromones. Again, I'm going to say it. There is no science that have confirmed or even denied the presence of pheromones in people. So if you have can't find it, how do you bottle this up, right? How do these people claim this and, and somehow uh, bottle it? If you can't even specify what makes someone uh, smell attractive to someone else. And by the way, some for some people you might smell nice and for others you might not. And there's what... Again, what is the explanation? So there's a lot of research that still needs to be done on the science of body odor, uh, basically. But one thing for sure, the body odor we can control <laughs> the, the, from bad and lack of hygiene, we, ha- we could do something about that. And that will have definitely uh, an impact. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Hey, tomorrow night is Trouble Tuesday, so if you have questions, send them in to laurie at drlaurie.com. Thanks to our technical producer, Dave Simon, tonight. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe, and remember to live your life with passion.